When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I am a wellness advocate and energy worker. I am dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs create a balanced and healthy lifestyle by providing tools, tips, and resources that elevate health from the inside out. Every episode, myself along with a featured guest, share our Steps to Feel Good Daily journeys on my globally recognized show, Steps to Feel Good Daily with Lana. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to Steps to Feel Good Daily with Lana. I am so excited because we have Corey Wamsley with us, and she is probably what I've always dreamed I could be, (laughs) because she is a life coach. Um, I'm sorry, she is not a life coach. She is an author which is what something I've always wanted to do and never have done. But before I tell you any more about this, um, I am going to talk about a couple of oils. And the reason why is because I have always been afraid of the spotlight. And uh, Corey is in the spotlight. So these are two oils that I found that really can help you with that. And the first one is bergamot. And this is one that will help you to not have self-judgment and really just to help improve your self-esteem. And then when you mix it with gyakwood, which helps you to be brave and energetically balanced. So without further ado, I am going to bring Corey up um, before I uh, bring her up from the green room. Um, before I uh, introduce her, because I need to put these on, by the way. So Corey is, um, as I mentioned, she is uh, an an author, a publisher, and um, this is the title of our subject, How to Be Seen and Heard. And It's just so important because sometimes we just don't want to do that. But Corey is that magical woman that has done this to be an example for all of us. So she is the CEO of Aurora Corrales. Is that right, Corey? Corrales. Corrales Publishing works with leaders who who have a transformational story to share. Corey has 18 years of experience in as a professional writer and editor. Um, not only that, but she helps 
people. She helps them quickly and easily write and publish a book for their brand that helps them create a legacy to be seen and um, to be seen as an expert while building a relationship with the reader. So I love that you say that you build relationships with readers because that's really the key, right? And then you can really pull who they are out. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, building a relationship through your books is not as hard as you might think it is. Um, a lot of times when we're working on a books on our books, you know, we have all this stuff going on in our heads and we're trying to figure out who they are. What we really need to do is be sharing what's important to us and the people who are right for us are going to come forward and say, oh, we connect with this. Oh. <laughs> so I have a question. So why did you become why did you become an author? I mean, what was the driving force behind that? Um, so I, uh, I love writing books. I started writing back in 2003. Uh, that's when I started on my first book. And that one I played with over the years. Um, I continued writing in that series. And I eventually decided in 2012, I was just going to publish them all because I hadn't any had any luck with traditional publishing. I had an agent for a little bit, but that didn't pan out. I was pitching other agents, didn't find one that worked for me. Um, so I ended up publishing five books in 2012. Um, most people, when they're pregnant, decide to clean their houses and you know buy baby clothes. But <laughs> I published five books. So that's how I got started with what I do today. Oh, my goodness. That is a funny story. But it was like, it takes, so what really gave you the confidence to stand in your spotlight? Was it being pregnant? Um, no, I think it was, uh, I had been working as a technical writer and editor um, for years. So I already had that experience. And I finally said, you know what? I know what I'm doing. Um, I'm not going to keep accepting no or accepting just nothing at all, because in, if you haven't pitched agents before, typically when you send them your pitch, you get no response and you just assume they read it and don't like you. Uh, so after years and years and years of this and knowing that I had not only the credentials based on like my college education, but also the experience in my career, I went ahead and put the books out. Now, there were pieces missing still. Um, yes, I felt confident being in the spotlight, but... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I didn't know how to promote the books and I didn't understand everything else that went into being an author. And those are pieces that I've learned over the years, um, over you know the 18 years of my writing career. Wow. Well, I have some pictures of some of these books that you have done. I, I went to your website and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is just amazing. <laughs> so I'm going to show, well, let's just talk, let's, let's talk about monkey mermaid magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a kid's book, obviously. Uh, my daughter, London, she's 10 now, but when she was five, she came in my office and she said, I want to write a book because 
she thought that was a normal thing to do because that's what mommy does is help everybody write books. So she said, it's my turn when she was five. And she told me she wanted her stuffed monkey to come to life and grant wishes. So that's what we wrote about. And I actually kind of coached her through the process of writing the book. Uh, I, of course, typed it all out, but she's the one who had all the ideas for it. And Monkey Mermaid magic happened. Wow. Now, somebody had told me that when they help somebody write a book, they just kind of ask them to tell their story. So that's kind of what you did with your daughter? A little bit with a lot of guiding questions because, you know, five-year-olds love telling stories, but she didn't quite understand Mm -hmm. how she was supposed to, um, you know, make it into something that people would want to read. So I was telling her, you know, we need to have a problem. What kind of problem does monkey have? Or what kind of problem do London and Talia, my daughters are in the book. What kind of problem do they have? How is this all working together? Um, how do we solve the conflict? What happens at the end? Because we want a happy ending. So I would ask her questions and she'd tell me, well, I think this is what happened. Uh, one of the first questions I asked her was, how does monkey come to life and start granting wishes? And she said, oh, a magical butterfly landed on her. <laughs> so I drew the butterfly on the cover there. Uh, but yeah, she she's the one who had all the ideas. I just prompted and guided and that's how we wrote the book. That's so interesting because there are animals that have spiritual meanings and a butterfly is very powerful and lovely. And it's just interesting that a child would come up with a butterfly. (laughs) You wonder what, what do they know subconsciously? (laughs) Okay. Let's see. Here's another one. So this is brave the shore. Isn't this your most recent one? Yeah. Yeah. I have that one with me as well. (laughs) And you can yeah, get these on um, Amazon. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Um, this one's available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, and a bunch of other websites um, online. Okay. So tell us about this one. Even though I probably should have shown some of the other ones first, but they all look so magical and wonderful <laughs> that I, I just like, I want to know about them all. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, this one is my most recent. It came out in June of 22. Uh, I started writing it the year before, and it actually only took me six weeks to write this one because I had all this story in my head. And I finally said, fine, I'll write the book (laughs) because I didn't feel ready to start working on books again because it is a big project. But I found that I loved it so much that, okay, it's just all going to come out. So uh, I would let my kids watch a movie and I'd come in the office and start writing. And, you know, I would... uh, let them go play. I'd be like, okay, go in the playroom for a little bit. Mommy's got to work. And I, I just was so drawn to coming in and writing it. Um, and it's the story of twin sisters and the one she's still lives on the Island where they grew up um, off the East coast of the United States. It's a made up Island. Um, but she still lives there and her sister has been traveling the world and she just, she's everywhere. Um, she comes back to the Island so they can celebrate their 35th birthday. And right after she arrives, they're in a car wreck and it completely changes everything for them. So the one sister is overcoming memory loss from hitting her head and trying to figure out, okay, do I want to continue the life the way that I had it before? Um, she's a little girl, she runs a bakery and everything is very strange to her. Like she remembers her daughter, but there are people she don't, doesn't remember and there are things she doesn't remember and she's trying to piece everything back together and do it by herself because there's other her sister is unable to help her. So it's a really interesting story of figuring out who you are and where you want to be in your life. 
Wow. And that was just like, it was in your brain and you just have this, this thing like this is because every story, if it's going to be a value, it has to be something that teaches us something, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a big message in it. So yeah. you just have like these in floating around in your brain and then you just yeah. like, you know, yeah. it's kind of like that. Yeah. Wow. That one, that one, I was playing with this idea. I had seen, um, I had seen in a TV show, people got in a car wreck and then someone took advantage of something because of that wreck. And I thought, how interesting would it be if I kind of put that on its head where the same thing happened, but it was all an accident. Nobody did anything bad on purpose. So that's kind of part of the story. And that's how I was like reverse engineering it basically to figure out how can I make this happen, but everybody's decent human beings. Wow. Interesting. And I love your, I love your um, covers of these. So Thank this you. next one I wanted to show, cause this one is uh, really cool. So it's like, you have a lot of different books. Now you are the writer, you are the author of all these books. These are not other people's books. Um, I, for this one, it's an anthology. So I was the curator, the person who collected all the stories and I wrote the introduction, but all the other books that I sent you covers for are mine. Okay. So this, when you do an anthology, this is one that gives every, other people that maybe want to shine a little bit, but just aren't quite ready. And so they can write just a little bit. Yeah. Um, some of these people were ready to shine fully and other people were just ready to shine a little bit. So this is kind of their foray into writing. Um, but this is a collection of 12 stories. Um, each person talked about how they had kind of hit rock bottom and then they discovered something about themselves and that helped them rise to an even higher level than they were before. Wow. So when you do an anthology, so you get the stories from people and then you edit them. I mean, do you go through and just kind of be sure that it's like super cool so that people that maybe don't know how to write such as myself and I really, really, really want to do a book that you can um, help them to kind of get their story to make sense or like, you know, what is somebody going to listen to? Cause I have the whole idea in my head. It's just, um, it's just, is anybody going to want to hear it? Right. Um, yeah. I think that, um, it's different with each anthology. So with most of the ones that we work with, um, I'm not the one who's collecting the stories. It's usually someone else. And with those books, we give them guidance on, you know, you know, you're the one running this anthology. I suggest that you give them a chapter outline, um, give them some guidance on uh, word count, things like that. Um, for this one, I did the same thing. I gave them an, a chapter outline that they could work with. Um, I gave them a word count, but I also coached on this one. So each month we met for about an hour. Um, so they had three sessions with me and the authors who showed up, we talked about their chapters, talked about um, what sort of things would help them connect with their readers. And then once they finished, the chapters came to me and uh, one of our editors. So then the editor went through and made sure that the stories all made sense, that everything was clean and that the reader was going to get a lot out of it. Wow. I love that. Um, so, and then you can, so you could do, a lot of people can do different anthologies based upon like, they could have like some certain topic, but want different people's opinions about it. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a bunch of different ones. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. And this last one that we have here, 
Tell me about this one. You were brave and put your picture there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's a whole other level when you put yourself on the cover of the book. Like I, I had put out several books by this point, and then I had myself on the cover, and I was sitting here looking at the cover, going, Ugh, "I feel a little <laughs> under uh, uncomfortable here." Um, yeah, so if somebody's thinking about a book, this is a very interesting way to really put yourself out there. <laughs> uh, this is the Spark Method. So this is my only nonfiction book. It's about how to write a book for your business fast, and it's not a very thick book. I tried to make it really pared down because business owners are busy. Uh, so it's under a hundred pages, um, a very quick read, but it gives you really easy, practical advice for how to put together a book for your business. So when you're saying a book for your business, because I was a business consultant for 25 years and we used to make like the to-do list, this is what you do. This is the structure of it. Is it in that, or is it, um, more like the story of your business, how it started, or, you know, like how to run your business or? Um, this is basically whatever it is you need to make it. Um, so most people who are writing business books, they want to tell a little bit of their story surrounding whatever it is that they're doing. Um, this is geared toward mostly speakers and coaches. Uh, so if somebody's a life coach, then maybe they want to talk about um, some of the episodes in their lives that have led them through uh, creating a certain method that they use. So if they have that method and it's a 10 step method and that's how they coach people, then for their book, they might, you know, in each chapter, talk about one of those steps, talk about something that led them to that particular discovery. Um, and this book tells you a little bit about how to do that. Um, it also talks a lot about how to take pieces you already have, like your blog posts or maybe a podcast interview that you did, um, take some of the gems from that and pull it together into your book. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Interesting. So like I could do a book on essential oils in like the methods that I use to help people to heal. Yeah. Or yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I might have to get that book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so let me go on a little bit more. So you had, you, um, I think, okay. So, so you wrote, Eight fictions, one nonfiction book. And what was your favorite book and why? Um, I love all my books, like they're my children. Uh, but I think my more recent work is my favorite. I really loved writing Braving the Shore. Um, book number 10 comes out this fall. So that's The Treasures We Seek. And that one was another book that I'm really proud of. Um, I think it, it's made a huge difference going through my journey. And so as I've gone through my journey, I've been able to kind of pull out little things that I weave into the books that, um, you know, I wouldn't have done that 10 or 20 years ago, right. 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause we change, we grow, we develop, we learn new things, right. we have new ways of saying things. Yes. I get that. Yeah. So, 
I, I probably kind of asked you this before, but is there any more detail? What gave you the confidence to stand in your spotlight? Was it just because you had the education or was it, you know, because being a person that doesn't like to be in the spotlight and has, it's like, it's like pulling teeth and, and there's just different things in my life that have happened. And I know that it came from an early age, but was there some sort of upbringing where you had, you just automatically had confidence? Cause I know that some people do. <laughs> I'm not one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I have always enjoyed being on stage. I've always enjoyed performing. Um, as far as speaking though, that one took me a little bit longer. I mean, I grew up doing ballet. I was a baton twirler in high school. So I was, you know, out in front of everybody. Um, I was in the band in college too. So I was used to being out on the field with everyone. Uh, but really stepping up and being able to speak, like even in class in college, I remember I was nervous about saying, oh, you know, I, I disagree with that, or I have this opinion about this. Um, and I, I was an English major. So that was part of what you were supposed to be doing <laughs> was saying, hey, what about this thing? What about this? Um, it was supposed to be a conversation. Uh, but I never really felt confident enough. I, I was afraid that somebody was going to jump on me and tell me I'm wrong. Um, but you know, it's a little bit different when you're, you know, holding the microphone and everybody's kind of a captive audience. Right. <laughs> I think that helps. Uh, but something that uh, has helped me too is to think less about me and more about who I'm helping. And that's the advice I give to my authors too. Um, I'm working with an author right now who gets very nervous about public speaking, but she has a really powerful story. And so that's what I've been kind of beating into her head. Every time I message her, every time we talk, um, I'm going to be doing a practice interview with her. So she knows how to do podcasts um, because she needs to get that story out because there are so many people out there with a similar story who are scared and they need somebody to say, hey, I've been through this. You're going to be okay. Here are some of the things that I did to navigate that. Um, that's my gift to you. So I keep telling her, focus on them. Don't focus on you. Right. I was taught a long time ago. Um, well, first of all, nobody sees you as you see yourself. And then the other thing that I think really helped me was go outside of yourself. So like you said, deliver the message, but not thinking about, you know, is my, is my hair right? You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> am I, am I standing? Okay. You know, worrying about all that stuff doesn't matter because in reality, I think when we connect, it doesn't even matter what somebody looks like. It just matters that yeah. they're shining and that they're sharing and that their heart and soul is into it. It's just hard when you're that person yeah. <laughs> from yeah. my, from my own personal experience. So um, I asked you for a share and you said that often life is challenging. We all, yeah, we all agree with that. Right. Um, I like to shift my focus to my purpose, my family, and the things that light me up, whether that's reading, singing, writing, or whatever, getting out of your head. I love that. So I am curious about the singing, though, because I, I, love, I love singing, but I don't do it because of that fear that I had mm -hmm. when I was young. So let me ask you, are you afraid to sing in public or... Is it just something you sing in the shower? <laughs> just because singing can make you feel a lot happier. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Typically I sing in the shower and in the car. Uh, I was singing very loudly today because no one was in the house. So I knew I could just be as loud as I wanted to. Um, I find that that just, it fills me up. I feel very light. Um, but I have actually sung in public. I I did a charity event in 2011. Um, no, 2010, a charity event. Uh, a friend of mine was working with a place called the Homeless Children's Education Fund. And we did a big like cabaret style show and there was half a dozen of us and we danced and we sang and lots of people were sitting around having a nice dinner and watching the show. And my parents were there. And at the end, my dad was like, I didn't know you could sing. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I've always loved to dance, but singing has always been because that's like really that's like really putting your voice out there. Yeah. That's to me is a lot harder because that's so much more personal than dancing. (laughs) Okay. I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, I had another question. So how did you, how did you find your purpose? It was, so you say you live your purpose. So in you, was it just listening through prayer, through just fell into your lap or just because of the way everything processed through education and all that kind of stuff or being pregnant. (laughs) I think all of that, uh, it was, so I, I grew up, I was very good in the sciences and I was constantly told that the arts are a, uh, a hobby and sciences are a career. I was very much guided by every adult in my life this is what you want to do. So I actually majored in biology when I went to college and I started taking English classes to fill in all the holes. Um, So I got through almost the end of my fourth year and my advisor said, you know, you have a, an English minor here, basically, if you stuck around another year, it was just one of those like things he was just saying, you stuck around another year, you could probably have an English degree too. And I went, avoid adulthood. Yes. (laughs) Well, I um, I stuck around an extra year. I called my, my parents and they were like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Stay an extra year. So I stuck around an extra year and got an English degree too. Um, so I graduated as a dual major, but that wasn't enough. I was like, you know, I love reading books. So I, and I can major in reading books. Why not? So again, I delayed adulthood and stuck around for a master's. And by the time I had done all that, I really enjoyed writing books and talking about books and I had no idea what to do. So I ended up working as a uh, technical writer for the government for 10 years. And I was writing books in the background um, because that's a hobby. And, you know, the other stuff is real life. Uh, When I lost my job, um, this is a long story. (laughs) When I lost my job, uh, it was on my youngest daughter's first birthday. And I came home and was like, I don't have a plan. I'm too tired. I'm not sleeping through the night. Uh, what am I supposed to do? And one of my friends, actually the one who was uh, doing the fundraiser for homeless children's, she texted me because she saw my post on Facebook and because you bring up when you lose your job. And uh, she said, you know, just wanted to check in and she was talking to me. And finally she said, you know, I really think you ought to start your own business. You're a great writer and that's what you should be doing. So it was kind of that little nudge. I said, oh, okay, fine. I'll do that until I find a real job. And uh, <laughs> here we are seven and a half years later, and I'm still doing this stuff. And I think 
falling into it that way, you know, the universe basically said, you don't belong here. You are going to go do what you're supposed to be doing. Do something else. Yeah. And after that, it was, you know, just one little step after another, after another, um, kind of being forced into my purpose, uh, a lot of Reiki and, you know, uh, a good bit of support from friends and family. And that's really how I ended up in my purpose. But when you found your purpose, it was kind of like that was when the comfort started. I mean, it's kind of like I know that you you fight against um, you're uncomfortable until you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you came here to do. Yeah, I did have another a feel good tip from you. And this is our personal stories can be a lot. It's helpful to write out your thoughts, even if it's not for a book. Um, this can feel like dumping all the marbles of, um, out of a jar so that you feel much lighter, but then you can actually see what you're dealing with basically. Yeah. So, um, I really like that. That's a great tip. Um, when you're saying write out your thoughts, because I know that I take notes in like my phone. Or sometimes I just do that or I'm just, if I'm asking a question, then I might get a download or something like that. But are you speaking more like of journaling or having a purpose at the end of it? Or what would you say when you're, when you're dumping those marbles out, getting your emotions out? Is that helping you emotionally? I think it does. Um, so I don't, I don't think you need to have a purpose for it, mm -hmm. but I know plenty of people who have eventually said, oh, I just realized I have a purpose for this. And now I have this huge stack of journals. I'm going to go through and find the ones that are going to be important for this book. Or some people just, you know, they journal and they say, all right, I'm getting all the gunk out of my head. This is my way of clearing out and being able to analyze my own stuff. Um, part of the book writing journey is the same sort of thing because people are writing down all these stories and everything that they've experienced. And it's a big deep dive into who you are and what you believe in um, and your purpose. So I've had author clients who said that they, you know, they were writing this chapter and they broke down and they got mad. And I mean, all kinds of things start coming up. Um, so yeah. You can would you, sorry. Would you say that it also kind of helps you to see your value? Like you're the value yeah. of your life and your message when you're writing that stuff down? Absolutely. Um, if we're keeping everything up here, then we don't realize all the things that we've been through that are really valuable. We don't realize um, all our wins. I think we have way more wins than we ever acknowledge because we're not writing them down. We're just keeping them in our heads. Um, I got my kids up and out the door on time for school today. So yay, um, that might be a win. Uh, but I never sit down and think about that as a win. That's always like, all right, check the box, move on. And I think because we're usually in that mode, you know, we don't take the time to process what we're doing, how we're doing, and really realize that we're more amazing than we're letting ourselves be. <laughs> I did get a cup. My mom, my sister, and I all got these things on Amazon. They're just these cute little uh, jars. I, had I known the conversation was going to go here, I would have grabbed it. But it tells you to put down like at least once a month, something great that happened to you in the year so that at the end of the year, you can go back and look and see what's happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I there, it's really good. Idea. So I had a tip and then we'll have to close, unfortunately, because this is amazing and I could talk to you forever. 
But I said, do the work to overcome your fears so that the gift of you will be shared with the world. Um, and I just say that from personal experience, because even, you know, doing the show or just, you know, working with people, um, it's been really great to what we always say, put on your big girl panties and step out because the lives you can change and you don't even realize, you don't realize what your gift and your power is um, until you start asking questions and start living whatever your purpose is, right? Yeah, <laughs> you <absolutely>. yeah. <laughs> so I thank you so much. So um, I will have in the notes um, what your, uh, your website, I went there, I saw all kinds of wonderful books. And so anybody, basically anybody that's wanting to write a book um, could reach out to you. This is where they can find you. Anybody that wants to read a good book and are all of your books on Amazon? Yeah. And if you go to the website and click on the books link, there are links for every single book on there. It takes you directly to Amazon. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. And I will be putting that in the, in the notes. So thank you so much, Corey. I really appreciate it. I appreciate your guts, your glory and, and everything that you do. And I'm excited. It's like, I never liked reading books now all of a sudden because I'm doing the show, I'm reading books. I always like maybe self-help books or whatever, but mm -hmm. I am learning from so many people and I just thank you for standing in your spotlight so that I can learn from you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and thank you for having me on. You're welcome. I will, you can hang out in the green room and I'll be there in just a minute. So thank you everyone for coming. Hopefully you brave souls that really have always wanted to write a book will now have that courage to do it and reach out to Corey. And just a reminder, I do give a free consultation. So if you are not feeling your best emotionally, physically, or financially, feel free to reach out to me so we can have a discussion. And until we meet again um, next week, Take care of yourself. Bye. Learn more about me, my products and services at happyhealing.me. Make sure to join me for another episode every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 1 p.m. Central time on my globally recognized show, Steps to Feel Good Daily with Lana. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Miles, are you ready to record our promo for season two of the Wanna Bet podcast? David, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Miles, we're not here to quote lines from Airplane. We're here to tell people that season two starts August 18th. But I like Airplane. I know you do, but Wanna Bet is a sports betting podcast. Each week we bet $1,000 on the NFL teams and games that we love. Well, that sounds like fun. It is fun. And last year you picked over 60% of your games correctly. How'd you do? We're not talking about that. We are telling people that they can find us every Friday. So no more movie quotes. Roger, Roger.
Africa.